The following is a podcast from a qualified senior care provider heard on the Answers for Elders radio show. And welcome back to Answers for Elders radio, everyone. I am here with Allison Fine from the Center of Chronic Illness. And Allison is back um, for another visit. You were here, visited us last month. Yeah. And um, Allison, I am interested in like your background. And you talk a lot about... Um, you know, what you do in helping people with chronic illness and you, you're a counselor, but you're also a social worker. And I think, um, I think it would be really valuable for our listeners, uh, today to talk about, you know, why do you you always hear this term social worker? Um, what does social workers do and why do we need them? Yeah, that's a really great question, and I, I think a, a valid one because a lot of people don't know what social workers do. No. So, <laughs> um, so social workers, you know, we are trained um, master's-level professionals, typically, mm-hmm. who work in a variety of settings with people who struggle with different kinds of adversity. Um, so, for example, you might find social workers in a homeless shelter, or you might find social workers in nonprofits, mm-hmm. or you might find social workers hospitals. in hospital settings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Skilled social workers. nursing facilities, rehab centers. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hospice. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So you might find them in schools. You know, you, oh, you find them all over the place. And social workers can play a variety of roles. So some of us, um, like myself, are trained clinically. So I have a, l- a licensed independent clinical social work license for the state of Washington. That means that I've passed an exam. I've gathered all kinds of uh, clinical mm-hmm. hours mm-hmm. and working hours to be able to practice as a, a therapist and a counselor in the state of Washington. Um, some social workers choose not to go down that path. Um, instead, there may be more case managers where they are working to help people with um, mostly meeting basic needs and connecting with community resources. So mm-hmm. somebody might need help uh, finding housing or somebody might need help getting access to medical care or understanding their insurance plan and where they can go see a doctor Um you know, so some, you know, more case management social workers are focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are also social workers that do advocacy work, you know, on kind of a state level or even city level or organizational mm-hmm. level. And they're advocating for the different populations that they're working with that are facing mm-hmm. adversity. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, let's just say, let's take it from a clinical perspective. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, mom or dad are in the hospital and sometimes they'll say, um, we're going to meet with a social worker. Mm-hmm. What is that all about and what should they expect in that kind of a meeting? Yeah, absolutely. So the social worker in a hospital typically comes in to work with the family to uh, assess the situation, you know, in mm-hmm. kind of a biopsychosocial way. That's kind of our, our clinical jargon. Um, but basically that means looking at What's going on biologically with the patient? What's going on psychologically with the patient? What's going on socially, maybe in their home environment? Probably the dynamic between the family. That's why they want the family there. Absolutely. And my guess, you know, if it's a patient who's in the hospital for for a a short stay, Mm -hmm. my guess is that the social worker is there to help the family figure out how is this patient going to be taken care of when they are discharged? Right, right. And a lot of times hospital social workers are discharge planners. Right. Um, and then do they look at like what's called a care plan? Do they spend time then re- basically evaluating at that time or what? 
Yeah, it, you know, it kind of depends on where the patient is at in their hospital stay. You know, if mm-hmm. it's towards the end, obviously, it's more about discharging to either home or skilled mm-hmm. nursing and making sure they're getting the supports they need. Sometimes if the patient's, you know, maybe the patient is really agitated or they're having some, you know, emotional Dementia. or psychological problems or cognitive challenges, mm-hmm. you know, memory issues. And so sometimes it's more about how do we get this patient more comfortable and stable and how mm-hmm. do we support the family while that's happening. Um, so, yeah, social workers can play all those roles and wear all those hats. And oftentimes that's social amazing. workers are brought in to solve problems. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and you know, I always I, – I think there's so many, you know, unknown, uh, you know, expectations for families. Number one, they don't realize – I remember when I first started taking care of my mom. Um, this is back in the early days. Um, she was put into a rehab center, which is very typical. And of course, mm-hmm. we're in a crisis mode, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like I would just felt like I was a deer in the headlights for everything yeah. that had to happen. Yeah. And I didn't realize at the time that I had the right to, as her daughter to call what's called the care conference. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to what I, how I could be more effective in helping her get better. And um, so I think a lot of things, I really believe that these care conferences can make a huge difference in the quality of life between the family members, the senior that is, you know, that is in a situation of transition Mm -hmm. and the path moving forward. Because really, you as an outsider, I can imagine can really kind of quickly assess what's going on. Absolutely. And social workers are really trained to do that, you know, and I think for families, you know, if you've made it through most of your life without a lot of health challenges, and then all of a sudden you're expected to know and navigate the medical system and how to get the help you need, Mm -hmm. either as a patient or even as a family unit, that's really difficult to do. And you don't always know the right questions to ask or what you're even looking for, what kinds of resources or help are out there, even Mm -hmm. within like a skilled nursing facility like you're talking about. Right. So it's, yeah, it's really great to, yeah, communication is key, obviously, and being able just to bring everybody together and talk Mm -hmm. about the situation is always a good idea. Um, but yeah, being able to pull those care conferences together, I think is one of the best things families can do if they have patients in the hospital or, um, or loved ones in the hospital or in skilled nursing. So we are talking to Allison Fine and she is the executive director for the center of chronic illness. And you are also in private practice. Is that correct? Allison, tell me a little bit about your private practice. Sure. So for the last nine years, almost nine years, maybe almost 10, I can't even keep track anymore. It's been so long. (laughs) Um, But I've been working as a clinical social worker in private practice, providing counseling for um, people living with ongoing health challenges, but also for individuals that uh, struggle with things like depression or anxiety or, you know, work stress, Mm -hmm. relationship stress, um, just kind of helping people sort all of that out. I also do a lot of grief and loss counseling, which can be tied into the chronic illness piece. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm sure with families today, well, I think one of the things that blows my mind, and we just kind of touched on it, but there's so many things that are happening as a senior starts to lose their faculties. Mm-hmm. And I know with with somebody like you, it, it sometimes it helps so much to have somebody from the outside just come in and kind of give an objective point of view. 
Um, You know, I think we get so lost in our own family dynamics Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. everybody knows how to push everybody's buttons and nothing ever gets accomplished because you're kind of in a stalemate. So families, what what do you recommend for families that are in this situation where they're kind of stalemated with a a senior parent and they're stubborn as all get out and yet Mm -hmm. you have this deep concern because you're not sure that mom or dad can live alone anymore you know, you're dealing with stress factor on that. I'm sure you're seeing that quite a bit, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, these kinds of situations come up all the time and are really common in families. And and I think a big piece of it is that as we age, again, there's so much loss and we're not always ready to let go, you know, mm-hmm. and, Very and that's really difficult for people. When and are we so, ever ready to let go? Right. Yeah. Unless you've had good training and practice in letting go, it's really difficult for most of us. And so, you know, I think... Uh, Obviously, you know, if an adult, you know, child comes in and says, hey, mom, dad, you know, I don't think you should be living alone anymore. And the parents are already thinking, oh, this is terrible. I can't do what I used to do. I wish I could do this or mm-hmm. that. You know, I mm-hmm. can't drive anymore. I need somebody to take me to the doctor. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many frustrations and losses, again, that once somebody comes in and tells you, hey, you can't live on your own anymore, then there's even more loss to be anticipated. And so I think that's where the resistance comes from. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, I think like you asked, you know, what can families do? I think one of the best things you can do is find a social worker and try to help facilitate Mm -hmm. some of those conversations. And, you know, again, like you said, remove the family dynamics from it, because it's not really about that, you know. And that's the hard part, I think, because we don't see the forest for the trees, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We've done always done the same thing, you know, definition of insanity, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we keep getting the same result. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is to bring somebody in that is much more, you know, um, just has better perspective, I think, would be the the um, the thing that I would hope that we would be able to do and and really look at an opportunity to see that how you can grow as a family together. And I think everybody can learn something from that result. Wouldn't you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. And and they might be difficult conversations that are going to happen, but that's okay. Very hard sometimes. And it's hard too, because I think a lot of times, and I've always said that a senior sometimes digs their heels in Mm -hmm. because of fear. It's mostly because of fear, a fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. But I think the other thing is they don't want to disappoint. They don't want to be a burden on their kids. And to understand that, you know, to be able to take that um, away from the child having to be the bad guy. And, you know, Mm -hmm. son can be still be the son. Daughter can still be the daughter. And somebody like you can go in and make a, you know, facilitate change Mm -hmm. much better in some sort of a situation through your professional expertise. Is that correct? Absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes it's good to have a big family meeting, but sometimes the social worker then can say, you know, let me talk to mom or dad one-on-one or let me talk to your son or daughter one-on-one. And, you know, just if there's, especially if there's tension or animosity, I think that can help really sort that out. and then, and you help everybody feel like they've been heard, mm-hmm. which I think is so important. You know, that's right. a big thing, isn't it? Absolutely. I think the social worker's job is really to bring people back together and yeah. help them be able to solve problems together, communicate, and empower them to be able to do that on their own. You know, the social worker doesn't take over. They just offer kind of a neutral resource in the moment to help people work through whatever challenge they're that's facing. Great. So, Allison, how do we reach you? Yeah, good question. So you can reach me either through the Center for Chronic Illness, um, 
at um, www.thecenterforchronicillness.org. Um, you can also reach me through my counseling practice. Um, my website there is www.balancemaintains.com. Um, and you can find my phone number and email there as well. Wonderful. Allison, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you so much for having me, Suzanne. Answers for Elders radio show with Suzanne Newman hopes you found this podcast useful in your journey of navigating senior care. Check out more podcasts like this to help you find qualified senior care experts in areas of financial, legal, health and wellness, and living options. Learn about our radio show, receive our monthly newsletter, receive promotional discounts, and meet our experts by clicking on the banner to join the Senior Advocate Network at AnswersForEldersRadio.com. Now there is one place to find the Answers for Elders. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.